Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in collaboration this season, a brand new venture with Ascension. My name is Sister Miriam James, and we are very excited to welcome you on the journey, a journey of restoration, of hope, of peace, of joy, of of all good things this season. I am joined, as always, by my two wonderful co-hosts. I can't believe we're all together again. This is amazing. Uh, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to tell you a bit about ourselves and kind of the podcast. And I just want to welcome any new listeners, especially as we join with Ascension this season, just to welcome you and to bring you along the journey. And I first want to introduce my dear friend, uh, the second wonderful person of this podcast, Heather Kim. Heather, uh, can you just say hi and just tell everybody about yourself and what's up, girl? How you doing? Good morning. So excited (laughs) to be back with you too. Of course, as our listeners know, we take a little bit of time beforehand just to chit chat with each other, but we've been laughing so hard. We were trying to pull it together (laughs) to start this morning. Nothing but else is new. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be with you both. Super excited for this season. And yeah, how are you doing, sister? Mm, I'm doing well. Yeah, still down here in the sweltering. We're recording this very, very late summer. So the sweltering South Texas heat. But I do get to go home. See, I'm looking at your sweatshirt because we're all on Skype. So you got a Pacific Northwest sweatshirt in the house. Mm. And girl, I'm going home soon to visit my mommy Yay. in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> It'll be so nice to even just be in the same mm-hmm. time zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Michelle will be the only one for a couple weeks in Central. Girl, Michelle, what's up? Nothing, but why am Heather the second most important person? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about this. Why am I last? And so it is my birthday. birthday. It's my birthday today. And they're making me last. Um, Even though they (laughs) both texted me these beautiful, heartfelt, poetic texts of how much I mean to their life. And then. Well, that has to last you all year. That's last me all year. That's it. Back tomorrow, back to reality where I take all their heaps of abuse anyway. No, just kidding. (laughs) They're great and they love me and um, I'm good. It's Florida. It's hot. Um, I'm in the panhandle and so it is 95 degrees. I am so ready to decorate for fall and I can't because all my pumpkins will spoil. So I am just (laughs) um, trying to, you know. Um, compromise and get beautiful fake pumpkins from Target. So that is what I'm up to. But I missed you guys. I'm so glad to be back. And I missed our listeners. And I'm excited for this new adventure we're doing with Ascension Press. Mm -hmm. So it's all good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know we're really looking forward to it. And just all the places that we're going to go with all of our listeners. And we were just talking before we started recording about just some really cool things this year. So not only in the fall, but also in the next season in the spring. And so we're all just excited about it. But I thought because we probably do have a lot of new listeners and, you know, uh, just partnering with Ascension, that maybe we could just tell everybody a bit about ourselves and kind of how the podcast started. Um, Heather and Michelle and I have been friends a long time. Michelle and Heather especially have been friends um, since college, which they'll probably tell you about. And you're going to hear a lot of their inside <laughs> their inside stories as the season progresses. But we've been friends for quite some time and people just would comment on our friendship and they would say, y'all should do something like you guys should do a podcast or something because when the three of you get together, y'all are very different, but you blend into something very beautiful. And so that's kind of how the genesis was of this podcast. And really Heather, you know, was the one who kind of was like pushed in the water first. Somebody dared her. I love that story. Maybe Heather, you could kind of talk about how you were kind of dared, like what's keeping you back, which is such a great metaphor for so many things in our life. So Heather, you want to tell just a bit about the podcast, maybe a bit about yourself or our listeners? 
Yeah, the podcast starting was I was out for lunch with a good friend, Gene Montrostelli, and he started asking me, you know, like, why don't you do a podcast? And I was like, I don't because I'm super shy. Like, I don't do things like that. Like, I would never do anything like that, you know. And he said, well, why not? And I was like, well, I don't know how to do these things. And I was going through my whole list of excuses. And he said, well, what if I helped you? And what if I did all those things? You know, then you'd be left with the real reason why you're not doing it. Which was, I mean, it was like, it was so, oh, he just kicked my butt in that moment. But it was exactly what I needed, you know. And I think that's what good friends do is that when they see something, a gift that should be shared, um, that they encourage and they they sometimes will kick your butt, you know, into mm-hmm. action. And so that's how that kind of started. And he, he was so wonderful at getting us off the ground. And, um, yeah, so I, I personally, I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia. So I'm Canadian, a proud Canadian. And yeah, you um, are. Yeah. I have three kids. I'm married. Uh, we have our own ministry called life restoration. And I always say, I feel like we have, you know, 18 jobs because we do a whole bunch of different things underneath that. So my husband does seminarian formation and we both run different men's and women's retreats. Um, I lead worship. We do accompaniment with people. Um, but really we, we are after, um, we're after the hearts of people Mm -hmm. and trying to provide environments for people to have a deep encounter with God and also to experience healing from their past so that they can become fully alive. So that's pretty much what we're about. How about you, Michelle? Oh, how about me? Wow. Let me think for a second. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee and think about that. Um, it's, it's her birthday, y'all. Like, take just your time. Her, cut her take little time, slack. Princess. Cut Seriously, her a little slack. You. She's got a cake hangover already, y'all. No. So it's... Uh... <laughs> Actually, Sister Miriam, I'm getting the vegan carrot cake today for my birthday. Oh, that thing weighs 12 pounds. It you can really get a knife into it. Like, what's in this thing? Oh, my gosh. It's because anyway. it's made from vegan. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we had the vegan carrot cake is when sisters, it was her anniversary, wasn't it? Of, it was my anniversary of vows, yeah. Yeah, your nun anniversary. So yeah. I, she was like, I want a carrot cake. So I went to this health, amazing health food store that we have in Pensacola and got her this amazing vegan carrot cake, but this thing was like the most dense. I mean, it is just heavy. It weighed as much as a vegan, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, and Heather was like, is this cake made of vegans or just by vegans or is it vegan? And that was like game over. Like we started laughing so hard. Like, I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's delicious, but it's intense. So anyway, but I am in the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. I love it. It's southern and it's south and it's hot and it's the beach all combined in one. So it's the perfect place, in my opinion. But um, compared to my Pacific Northwest peeps, um, you do guys have beautiful mm-hmm. mountains, though. I have to give you that yeah, mm-hmm. um, that rainy gray superior, thing I can't handle. You, but okay. you could have really cool hunter rain boots all year long. So that's a give off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. and I have six children. Um they are, yeah, I have a lot of kids, four biological, two adopted, and they're all awesome and they keep me really busy. And I do design work and have a online store and design house. And my husband and I do full-time ministry also, which just encompasses a lot of things right now. And um, life is full, but it is good. And I get to hang out with these two, which is always the highlight of my day. May I say that? Like just the highlight of my day. And so Sister Miriam's- We now have that on record. Seriously. She's going to make it a ringtone. That has gone down in podcast posterity. Posterity. Is that even a word? I don't even know if that's a word. So It's early, people. Just have some more coffee, sister. It's okay. Yeah. So there's- Uh, 
Yeah, my name is Sister Miriam James, and I'm a member of the SALT community, the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, and I have been a member for, gosh, almost 20 years now. And I've lived in various places across the nation. We're an international community, but I've served here in the U.S. And uh, really for the past, gosh, well, over five years full-time, but for the past 10 years, I, I, I travel and speak a lot at conferences and retreats about healing and authentic love and restoration and conversion and recovery and just kind of sharing my own story of what God has done in my life of, of, of blessing and restoration after deep trauma as a child. And so, yeah, it's a delight to be able to bring the message of Christ to people. So that's what I do, just to try to love well. And I, it's it's been a wonderful journey to be you know, on on the podcast with the both of you, and I meet people at conferences across the nation. I seriously, I can't remember the last time now that I was at a conference or a retreat where at least one person did not come up to me and say, "Hey, thanks for the podcast." You know, it's you guys are really great. We really, but really, what they're what they're tapping into is their own story and their uh, the hope that God has for them. And oh, your episode on the feminine genius, or your episode on fight like a girl, or your episode on pruning or waiting or striving versus thriving, or just a lot of the. It just really seems to just touch people's lives. And so we are humbled really by people's outpouring of love and and beauty. So I I think I speak for all of us when we say that we really can't wait and we've waited a long time to start the next season. And it's, you know, it's been a challenging, you know, several months for all of us. And here we are again and on a new venture, on a new adventure with all of our, our listeners for sure. One of the things that I've been so, so, um, what's the word I've, I've just been so blessed by with the podcast is the connection that is forming with people. And, mm-hmm. you know, all three of us, we, we speak at different conferences or retreats and we're journeying with a lot of people, but we can't possibly journey with everybody. And this has been such a great avenue to be able to connect and build some community through our Facebook private groups and, and, uh, and online with people, um, to just sort of like get into the real guts of the journey. And I think that's what the podcast is really about is like our individual experiences, which are so diverse, which is an example of the diversity within the church and relationship and how we can journey with one another, uh, to holiness and in relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's it's such an honor to be able to do that. And we do get a lot of feedback. I think it's part of what we're going to talk about today. I mean, this is more of an intro episode. Uh, and you're welcome to go back to iTunes anytime, y'all, and just listen to our past three seasons. We've got tons of content on there. And we're going to delve into more of that deeply. But we thought today, just we're going to date ourselves here, but we thought it's very important because people in the private face group Facebook group, people that are, you know, responding to us are asking us to speak about just the recent, um, scandals that have come to light in the church about the sexual abuse crisis, about the grand jury report in Pennsylvania, Cardinal McCarrick, um, Archbishop Vigano's letter that recently came out. So we're going to talk about that and just be very honest with you, uh, each of us in our own particular journey and our own hearts about what's happening in the church right now. And there's wonderful resources out there. So we're not really sure, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks by the time this airs. So we just want to say that just kind of to date the podcast, the Archbishop Vigano's letter just came out about a week ago. And so we're kind of in the midst of that bomb just going off and people, you know, coming forth or people expressing their deep sorrow, their deep discontent, their deep disappointment in the church. And even for faithful Catholics, it's really just kind of hit, I think, all of us very deeply and really required each one of us to go within ourselves and to have a deep conversation with Christ. So, Michelle, I just want to, if I could, just kind of open it up to you first and foremost. What What are your thoughts about what's going on and what just what advice do you have to our listeners and kind of what's help what's helping you get through this time as, as somebody who truly loves the Lord and the church? 
Um, to even start, I mean, I don't even know how to even begin on a subject like this because it is heartbreaking and it is gut-wrenching. I think when we look back and we go back to the beginning of the 2000s and everything that happened with Boston, and we look at the cases in Boston and we look in that, and it was revealed to us because outside sources revealed it to us. And it wasn't revealed to us because the church came forth. It was revealed to us from outside sources. And so I thought we had made a lot of progress. I thought it was like the cleansing and the purging, but it was like a layer, like an onion. The churches, you know, it was like one big layer that came off, but there was still things at the very core and abuse at the very core. And I guess I'm just, I still am wrestling with it and I'm still wrapping my mind around. I can't understand um, the duplicity of, you know, people that are supposed to shepherd and father us and people that, and those same people that are shepherd and father and preaching about God and his love and being up on that altar. And at the same time, literally abusive and predatory, like some of them are predatory. And so it's hard to reconcile that. And it's hard. I mean, there, that first week when everything came out with McCarrick, I just had this pit in my stomach the whole week. And I sat Mm -hmm. on a phone call and it was, they were revealing more information and it was right after the Pennsylvania grand jury stuff came out. And I'm reading some of these cases and I literally had to get up and excuse myself and go to the bathroom and I threw up because Mm -hmm. I just couldn't wrap my mind around this. And I guess it's because I also, um, I don't want to put myself up on a pedestal saying, you know, I'm without sin or I couldn't do Mm -hmm. stuff, but just the, um, evil parts of it, like the really dark parts Mm -hmm. of it are just so hard to Mm -hmm. stomach. The innocence, Mm -hmm. you know, so hard to stomach. And I guess for me, it hits really close to home. Probably one of my closest friends left the church in early two thousands because her brother was severely abused, um, by a priest in the scandal. And she has left the church because of that. And she and I have a great relationship. She's one of my biggest cheerleaders. I love this girl like no other is business and her and her husband both left the church because of what happened and to have this happen Mm -hmm. again. And she called me and I did. And the first thing I said to me, I said to her was, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. And I just, and both of us were choked up and because it's just bringing back. And she said, Michelle, this is supposed to be a safe place. I'm like, I know, I know. And I love this church and I feel like it's watching like this, the worst case of domestic abuse, I've ever seen, you know, her Mm -hmm. getting beat up and her getting basically raped and pillaged. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just been a lot of soul searching. It's been a lot of grieving, you know, Mm -hmm. that I wish things were different. It's the victims. I just, my heart breaks in ways I've never, and I, I, it's like in any other stages of grieving, I go through all the different stages where I start, where I'm angry and I'm like, mama bear, like how in the world could you, we let this happen? And then I'm in total despair. Like, is there any hope, you know? And then I'm in mm-hmm. acceptance. No. Then I'm in like cheerleader warrior mode. Nope. You know, you know, Satan, you cannot have this church. You cannot have our priests. You cannot have our children. You know, I go from one gamut to the other and mm-hmm. I just don't know where to land right now. I am praying. Um, one of the things though, I'm really convicted of, am I really praying for this church? Like, am I praying more than I'm criticizing her is my you know, and I cannot be critical of her. I have to be, mm-hmm. const- I can be constructive. Like, don't get me wrong. I can be constructive and hold accountable, but I need to be prayerful and not critical. So what about you, Heather? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very similar uh, what you're describing, you know, the stages of grieving, you know, that there, there's definitely, I mean, it was like a bomb went off in the church and, uh, 
I know that this has been an ongoing issue, you know, throughout, <laughs> throughout my, my life in the church, you know, that you hear about all kinds of different abuses and scandals, but this is particularly devastating and rattling because of the severity of it. Uh, hearing the victim stories was mm. so wrenching. And, you know, there was a part of me at the beginning, I was, I was reading a lot and I literally was starting to feel like I'm starting to have a crisis in my own heart here. Like I need to be careful. You know, I was like, I probably, <laughs> I need to stop reading this. You know, this is just too hard. And as I sat with that, I just was led to this understanding of like, you know, if we're asking the bishops not to hide, if we're asking them to really take a look at it and not sweep it under the rug, then I too need to do that. I need to read these stories. I need to hear from these victims. I need to understand the depth of the pain or how can I speak about this? This is my, this is my family, you know, and I can't act like it's a dysfunctional family and just turn a blind eye and go, I don't want to hear about this. La la la. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just too hard. Um, so I kind of entered back into it again, but more prayerfully just saying, Lord, like keep my heart close to you. Don't let my heart wander away as I read through these things. And it was so painful. And I too, Michelle, like, you know, I've been so angry, you know, uh, at, at different times and I've been so hurt and I've been, you know, in tears at the same time. And I, I, I'm wondering, you know, how is this all going to turn out? I have all the questions that everybody has. And at the same time, I keep going back to God, you are sovereign. And in some way, um, I want, I'm, I'm believing that this is a severe mercy that God is like, this will happen no more in my church and it's time to purify it. And it's extremely painful, the process. And my heart just goes out to the victims and anyone who has been hurt by this. And, and even, you know, for just the regular layperson like ourselves or, or religious or priests who are just beginning to question their trust in the church. It's just so understandable, you know, for people who are like, I can't go to church anymore. I feel somehow complicit if I show up, you know, all of these feelings, I think we shouldn't hide them. You know, we have to allow mm -hmm. ourselves to work through all of these feelings. And, and my only, you know, caveat with that is let's just keep it in God's hands, you know, and keep our eyes on Jesus. And that's where I've come back to over and over again. You know, at one point I was like, Lord, would you be, would you be mad at me if I just started going to the Protestant church down the road instead, <laughs> you know, like just mm -hmm. the real struggles in moments, you know, and quickly it was like, no, I know, Lord, I know, Jesus, this is your church. And, and where else would I go? Like, I, I believe in you. You're the only one that I can put my trust in. And that's kind of where I've, I've been finding some solace in this and um, just praying that, that his will be done and that everything that needs to come into the light will come into the light. Mm -hmm. Sister, how about mm -hmm. you? What were some of your initial reactions and yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I can certainly relate to many of much of what both of you are saying. And yeah, it was devast it was devastating. I think one of the reasons why it was so devastating was yeah, just the severity of the cover up. But I think it was the reality of when the grand jury report was released. It's, it was the details of the stories that mm -hmm. it wasn't just like these people were sexually abused or these people were taken advantage of these, these people were assaulted and to have the details of the abuse, like both of you, it made me sick to my stomach. Like mm -hmm. it was just so, and I've heard, you know, many good church leaders say it's just flat out demonic. Like it mm -hmm. is just from yeah, the pits of hell, the destruction mm -hmm. of the diabolical, what's ha what had happened. And I think that was like, it was like a slap across the face. We just kind of woke you up and you're like, whoa, you know, and then to see 
that, you know, the grand jury report and then to see like the cover up from Colonel McCarrick and however high that goes in the church. And, and then to, to, to read Archbishop Vigano's letter about just, you know, here's what's happening and here's the, the layers of it. Um, and then, you know, watching my Twitter feed just blow up with everybody's opinions yeah. on it. And it, it is, it is, it's gut wrenching. And I, the, honestly, the first thing, I think I tweeted it out myself, like really, I didn't say anything about it for a while and just kind of sitting on it and praying about it. And my, my, I think my first tweet about it was just like steady, like steady. Let, let's just, let's pray for wisdom. Let's, let's pray for wisdom. Let's mm-hmm. go within like what, and my heart is like, Lord, this is, this is atrocious. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, I think our listeners know very well that I, I'm as well as an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse, not, not clerical abuse. I just want to make that very clear, not clerical abuse, but, but sexual abuse nonetheless. And it was really brought up some deep stuff in my own heart of, of what does it mean to obtain justice? What does it mean to tell your story? And I'm all for people. I'm all for the call for victims to come forth and tell their story. But if that's never happened to you, you have no idea how hard it is to tell one person, much less pick up a phone and call the archdiocesan office. And you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. gut wrenching on so many levels. And I, 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 you know, there before the grace of God go all of us. I know myself, I'm, I'm capable of the most atrocious evils and the most glorious beauties. And, you know, Lord, keep me faithful to you and, and help me to do the right thing, to speak what is true, to have a heart of mercy, to have a heart of justice and to stay the course. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. Cause like from, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. It's ugly and it will probably get uglier to be quite honest. And it's going to really yeah. probably be a watershed moment in the American church and the worldwide church. But I'm not going anywhere because I'm Catholic because of Jesus Christ. I'm not Catholic for any other reason other than his heart and his body given to us. This is his church. So I'm staying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and that's how I felt. I was like, okay, you can't have her. Like that's how I feel like it mm-hmm. is war and you can't have her. Like the gates, like it's that scene from the Lord of the Rings wars upon you like it or not. It is. Here. Yeah. Whether you wish it or not. I wish yeah. you would not. It, the war is upon you. And I'm like, okay, the gates of hell will not prevail. I mean, I do not know how many times I've said that, you know, in the last two weeks, okay, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church, you know, and just in mm-hmm. the end, we know in the book of revelations that the spirit and the bride say come and that she will become glorious and that she will become restored and that she will come renewed and she will come reform. And my prayer right now is the Holy Spirit. There is no way to sanitize this story. There is no way. No, you it's cannot, not going away. It's not either. going away. You cannot it's sanitize it. You can't mm-hmm. take a couple of Lysol wipes or holy water wipes and thing it like you are going to have to baptize this story, baby. Like you are going to have to dunk mm-hmm. it, baptize it, and it is going to have to come back renewed and restored and reformed in ways we have not seen. And I think in the past, we have just taken a little Lysol sanitized wipe and brushed over the top. So but true. now yeah. it is like we are going to have to baptize it, submerge it, and go to the root, to the core, and really look like mm-hmm. what does true reformation look like in our church? What does true restoration look like? There are systems in place that are not working. You know, Mm -hmm. there is, but it's not even, I don't want policies and procedures. I want a call to holiness and it's repentance. a conversion of the heart. Yeah, that's it's the a only conversion thing of the save heart. It. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's the conversion of each person's conversion of heart. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I cannot handle, now I'm getting in my soapbox. I cannot handle <laughs> one go, more politically correct statement and response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're in tears and our hearts are breaking, then I want my bishop's heart breaking too. I want mm-hmm. our priest's heart breaking too. I want them to say, I am so sorry we have failed you as spiritual fathers and shepherds, as sheep mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, a shepherd takes care of his sheep. They know his voice. And we know that Jesus is the ultimate good shepherd and that we will all fall on this side of humanity, I mean, of heaven, our humanity. But there's a difference from humanity, like the humanness of the church, and compared to the sinfulness of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. a big yeah, difference. We and we want our fathers, our spiritual fathers, to respond like any good father would if their child was abused. Exactly. You know, there was a part of me that, like, I was so grateful for our, our Archbishop Michael Miller because he did say that exact thing. He said, my heart is broken, you know, over yeah. all of this. And and he followed it up with a lot of action points that he's not just going to sit and be heartbroken, <laughs> that he's yeah. he wants to do something to to bring about the change that he can, to use his influence and his position to bring about the change that's necessary. But in all honesty, there's a part of me that, like, I wanted a Liam Neeson in the movie Taken kind of response. Like, <laughs> I am going to find you. I am coming after you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you should be shaking in your boots because mm-hmm. I will find you. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. a fatherly response like that, that I will not rest until every last abuser has been rooted out of the church. And so I too believe we have a long way to go and there's more to come. Unfortunately, I feel like we have to brace ourselves um, and really cling to Jesus in the midst of this. Um, But I do think that like I've started to ponder in my own heart. I'm like, what, Lord, what do you want from me? Like you have put me here on this earth at this time for such a time as this. What do you want from me? What should my response be, you know, through prayer and, and fasting, but also through action? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I supposed to, at this point, bring about the change that's necessary in the church? And, and I think for me as a mother, you know, it, it begins with my family and with my children. And I've been talking to my children about this, I mean, in an age appropriate way, but I'm, I'm telling them, you know, guys, you, we have so many good holy priests in our life that we know. And we know that the church is holy, but you you are going to be part of the the renewal of the church. That's our mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, and yeah, and I, I agree with you. And it's been really beautiful to see many bishops and priests step up and say yeah. that very thing, you know, and just to really to express their grief and to express their outrage and to express really saying, we're going to be transparent here and we're willing to do this and we failed you. I mean, just it's just been incredible to see them step up and do that. And I you know, pray that more and more do that. And I love that, Heather, because I think what happens when these things happen is that many times we feel helpless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all we're left is with our emotions um, to kind of like sort through them. And, uh, you know, so really the emotions, you know, the word emote means to move. It's supposed to, they're supposed to move us to choose what is good, true, and beautiful and to, and to create action. So I love that question of each of us asking ourselves, you know, Lord, what is what are you asking me to do? And for some of us, that's writing your bishop. And for some of us, that's telling your story. And for some of us, that's praying and fasting. And for some, for some of us, that's going to confession for the first time in a long time because we've been away from the sacraments. It's about getting our own house in order. So amen, girl. Like, it's true. Like, this is happening. I love that for a time such as this, like out of the book of Esther. We are in mm-hmm. alive in this church in this time for a time such as this, and God wastes nothing. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do about it? Right. And we are a part of a story, like a glorious story that is victorious in the end. Like that Mm -hmm. is the truth that we believe in, that God rose from the dead and he is victorious over sin and over evil and over the enemy. And this is a time we are in a battle, you know, we're in a world at war and it's not just a physical battle and it's heartbreaking 
as well to see almost like a little civil war happening within the church with yes. right wing and left wing and all mm-hmm. of these things. And I just think you got like, can we just keep our eyes on Christ? This is not the time to start ganging up or taking sides. Like we really need to be patient and wait for these full investigations yep. to happen and for the truth to come out. And that's where my prayers are going right now. Lord, let the truth come out so that those who are guilty would be held accountable and those who aren't would have their their names cleared if that if some of that is the case. Mm-hmm. But I I want justice, you know, just like anybody else. I want the full weight of justice and trusting that God is a God of justice and he will come quickly for us. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I also think this is time. I mean, all three of us are have really great relationships with um a lot of priests. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of priests are very much a part of our family and priests that I love and I do trust. Explos- mm-hmm. And it's funny, the conversation. wonderful men. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are taking the brunt of it, too. Like mm-hmm. the good whole, the good ones that are trying to be holy, like we all are, hopefully, you know, some days better than others. But, um, <laughs> you know, trying to like they're taking the brunt of the ones that have fallen away because they were a body. So they're affected, too. Mm-hmm. And they are having to take some of the repercussions of that. And mm-hmm. I was talking to a young, good young priest friend of mine um, the other day, and I was like, oh, by all means, please be a holy good priest. You know, and he, he saw mm-hmm. the tears in my eyes, and he's like, there is nothing more soul-stirring, he said, when you see one of your, you know, the laity coming to you in tears or eyes asking you to be a holy priest, you know, like to yeah. really lead that charge. And um, because, yeah, we love this church. And then mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, we love her, and we feel like this is the way that Christ is using her to get to, you know, to instill his holiness and his grace to us through these sacraments and um, Mm -hmm. through the foundations and teachings of the church. And we want to be, see her restored bottom line. Mm -hmm. And so there's been some great things that have been said, you know, like father Mike Schmitz had a great video and he said, you know, we can't leave. We can't leave. We need to lead. Like this is the time. And uh, Bishop Robert Barron, Barron, you know, was saying, this isn't the time to leave. This is the time to fight. (laughs) Like this is the time to, to rise up and, and to let your voice be heard in the church. And none of, none of us play a small part in that. And I think that's where I'd like to encourage our listeners. I'm saying this to encourage myself. And this is where I think community is key, that we need to be holding one another up. There will be dark days, days where we need to speak truth to one another, days where we need to encourage one another and just be present to each other, because this is extremely painful for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, you know, as painful as what the victims are going through, of course, like not even close to that, but but it is a deep sorrow and a deep wound. And, you know, we can't get caught up with like dealing with paper cuts. We are bleeding out as a church. We need Amen. to focus on where the wounds are and we need to just stay there, you know, and not turn our eyes from it. Um, and to mm-hmm. and to really pray, you know, ask the intercession of St. Francis of Assisi for renewal in the church. Mm. Yeah, rebuild my church. Yeah, y'all, we got to dig deep. This is not a time for, you know, like lukewarmness or kind of, you know, half measures. We got to be all in and we have to dig deep. Like this is going to be a real challenge for us. Let's just be really honest about that. But all of us have a part, like I love what you're both saying. All of us have a part to play in that. And so my gosh, encourage your priest, you know, encourage people mm-hmm. like come together and, and you, let's go forward. I mean, we must go forth. We must go forth and, and remain on the heart of Christ. So there's a beautiful yeah. quote by St. Augustine that says, hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage, anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain the way they are. I think Amen. those are just wise words yeah. for us right yeah. now. 
I do. And I have to say, and I have to really give a shout out to, I have been so, so impressed with a lot of our lay sisters, our lay sisters that have really used the platforms that the Lord has given them. And these women are more about people than they are platforms, but to Mm -hmm. really pray for the church, you know, like Mm -hmm. Bonnie and Kendra, the sackcloth to ashes movement to really get people Mm -hmm. to pray, you know, and to speak out for the good of the church, to walk us through the processes, how they are grieving for the church. But um, just different sets of women have really used these um, avenues to bring healing, to be peacemakers, not just to keep pace, peace, but to be peacemakers, to bring restoration about the church. And I've just been really, really impressed. And I do think it is not like this, I am woman, hear me war, but I do think that this where there's something about women that know how to get a bride ready, you know, and we are the ones that also know how to clean up a bride when she's been kicked and abused. And um, I just think that, you know, the feminine genius is going to be called into play in ways we have never imagined in this church. Um, And not for power plays, but for restoration plays, you know, Mm -hmm. for ways of restoration. And, um, and yeah, we will have some more announcements about that in the upcoming episodes that um, we're just really playing how each and every person has a role to play in restoring the beauty of the church. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and amen, <laughs> amen. Um, we would just want to. Part of our episode, part of what we do at every episode, is we always sign off. We're going to have some closing announcements here, but we always sign off with a one thing for the week. So it's one thing where uh, what's what really speaking to us, whatever is setting your heart on fire, or setting your hair on fire, or <laughs> breaking your heart, or mending your heart, and it's everything from movies to books to scripture to good talks to YouTube videos. And so we have uh, recipes. Heather dropped some really good recipes. Can I just say that? Maybe she'll drop a few on us this season. Such good recipes. Mm. Well, we are entering into fall. You know there's going to be something good with pumpkin in (laughs) it. Did even like one guy that was listening to our episode said like, hey, I tried your scone recipe. Even I can do it. Like... (laughs) I know. It's awesome. I love our closet male listeners, by the way. Welcome to all the men that are listening that aren't admitting it. We love you. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so it's time for our one thing. So uh, I'll just go ahead and start. Uh, My one thing for the week is a really cool podcast that I came across this summer. Somebody gave it to me and passed it along, and I've listened to nearly every single episode of the podcast, and it's called The Place We Find Ourselves by Adam Young. And he's a counselor, and he talks about all things interior life, and he talks about everything from attachment theory to why memories are running your life to how trauma works, how you know how you interact with people. It is so good, like so incredibly good about hope. Why hope is a hard thing for a lot of us in our stories. Like, oh my gosh! So I just want to give a episode. shout out. Like, yeah, dude. Like, I don't know him, Adam Young. I, I'm I'm your biggest fan right now. But anyway, I, we don't know each other. But the place we find ourselves podcast. He just finished season one. I think there's 16 episodes. I would highly check it out and just look at the list and see what speaks to you and then listen to whichever ones you like. But my one thing for the week, the place we find ourselves podcast by Adam Young rocked me still is. I was listening to one last night. So yeah. Heather, what's up girl? What's your one thing? Well, music is a really important part of my prayer life and it just will often quickly bring me into the presence of God. And so, especially during this time of like, I don't know what to say. I sometimes don't, some days, these days, I don't know what to pray, you know? So I found myself on a walk and I was just listening to some worship music and this song was particularly fitting for this time and just a great prayer. Um, It's by Bethel and it's called Where You Are. And yeah, it's just a beautiful song. So I hope that will bless some of our listeners. 
Michelle, what's your one thing? Um, as usual, I have two one things because I can't stay <laughs> inside. It's your lines. birthday. We'll let you do it's it. It's my birthday. Um, yeah, only because it's your birthday. It's my right. birthday. So anyway, um, one of them is Shannon Evans wrote a great blog post, and I'll post it. Why I'm staying Catholic. It was great, mm-hmm. and she lists some amazing mm-hmm. things. And of course, she lists Flannery O'Connor, which I have to tell you, Flannery, Catherine of Siena, um, have kept me Catholic through this crisis. Like I've gone back to both mm-hmm. of those women to read. Over and over again. And shout out to the women that have gone before us. Amen. Thank you. Loving the church and with a little flair and mm-hmm. sass too. Um, and the second one, since Sister didn't put it, and this is totally going to date the podcast, but tomorrow, what's happening on the U.S. Open? Um, sister, who's playing oh, tomorrow? Serena, Serena Williams? It's playing her sister for the finals. Oh, is she really? Girl, I'm going to talk about her in the next episode. What? Oh, and so <laughs> there you go. And so I was just like, no way. They're playing again. And I'm like, oh, man, her body just came back from having a baby. And she's playing in the U.S. Open. I love that. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yes, we just um, – and in case you haven't known, Sister and I are both pretty much diehard um, sports fans. I'm more college football. Yes. Sister will do everything. Heather just comes mm-hmm. along for the ride. And so, but mm-hmm. we love her. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless. We tolerate Heather during football season, y'all, just to let you know that. <laughs> I like the hanging out. Yeah, the hanging out. <laughs> She's like, I'll hang out. Is there food? Is there snacks while y'all watch sports? Yeah. Is yeah. there snacks and people in there? Okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I don't care about the football part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Michelle and I, stop talking. We're trying to watch football. <laughs> exactly. So it's all good, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much, listeners. Uh, Welcome. Yeah, welcome to season four, and we're glad to have you along the journey. You can contact us um, by email if you like. You can find us at abidingtogether at ascensionpress.com. And all of our show notes, the links to what we just talked about in our one thing, we have discussion questions and reflections for every episode that you can get together with girlfriends and people and just talk about, or you can journal about them. That will be available at ascensionpress.com. So all the show notes, all of the reflection questions, anything you want, we want to help you on the journey. So this is not just listen to us and go about your week. This is listen to us and you know we're going to help you um, kind of make that, make that transition and kind of just walk it out. Walk it out the rest of the week so you can find ascensionpress.com or media.ascensionpress.com will take you to the homepage. it'll take you to a bunch of free content on ascension press as well so we are so excited to be with you abiding together podcast in collaboration with ascension have a wonderful 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 week god bless you